0: I want to share some things tonight and actually how many of you here tonight you actually volunteer you serve somewhere in the church let me let me see your hands okay a, a, a good bunch of you and um, we really felt we were talking about some things praying about some things as far as uh, leadership of the church and just feel there's some things that from time to time need to be um, you know stated as far as from scripture and where we're at on on some things so I wanted to, instead of calling an extra meeting or or whatever, this is good for all of us. This is going to help all of us tonight. And I think it's going to motivate some folks as well. But I want to talk tonight, for lack of a better title, about standards for serving. Standards for serving. And uh, don't worry, it's not, you know, a whole bunch of list of rules and stuff. This is actually, I think, going to be very empowering, as I said. I believe that we are saved to serve God's goal in saving us is not to collect us you know well here's a vintage model you know and uh, look at this one I salvaged you know and he saves us and then he does this he fixes us up how many of you he's at work fixing you up now and we're in varying, varying uh, states of fix-up, aren't we? Yes. You know, some of y'all maybe you're you're getting your final coat of paint. You know, but some of us, he's trying to find parts for you. You know, <laughs> um, but the goal, the goal of the goal of God in our life is not just to save you. There's a purpose in you being saved, and the goal is not just to go to heaven. We'll get there. And I always put it this way, you know, he didn't save us and then the goal was heaven. And then, you know, he left us here because there's a transportation glitch. He left us here so that we could serve him. So that uh, it's some training for eternity and that's a whole nother message. Uh, But his goal, you need to know this, is he saved us so he could use us. And I think one of the greatest places that he can use us is in the local church. And so let's talk about a a number of things here tonight. I also believe that the joy and one of the greatest joys you can have is in serving. In Matthew 25, parable of the talents, the Lord in that parable, uh, he metered out some talents or actually some money to some people. And uh, varying amounts, and he said, "You know go go do good with this, and then when he came back to settle accounts, uh, several had uh, two of them had brought increase and, and one had just done nothing with it, and he called him wicked and lazy, but the other two he said this, and they had different amounts and had different results, but there was increase. The Lord does want increase in your life, okay, and not just financial increase i 'm talking about growth and and progress and that kind of thing, amen. Yeah. And he said this: well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. So the principle derived from that then is the joy is in serving, and it's the joy of the Lord. And Nehemiah told us that the joy of the lord is is our strength, and I think that there is strength, I think there is fulfillment. I think there's significance and meaning that comes to your life through serving that you, you, you don't get on your job. You don't get with your hobbies. You don't get with other activities. There are a lot of people frustrated with life because they say, I hate my job and don't raise your hand (laughs) or I wish I did something else or this or that, you know, and and they're kind of missing part of the point go back and read Genesis and, and we're going to labor by the sweat of our brow. So that's not always entirely enjoyable. And if you happen to have vocation that lines up with giftings and desires, then that's a huge blessing that you should really, 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 really thank God for. Yes, but if you're thinking that you're going to drive all your joy and significance and meaning and fulfillment from your job, typically you're not. That's not really the whole purpose of it, nor is it does it contain uh, what it needs to to bring it all to you? Now, hopefully you're in something that matches your gifts, like I said, and you're going to derive some from that. But you will never derive the significance and fulfillment that you get from serving anywhere else. It's different. It smells different. You know what what I'm saying? It feels different. It fits different. And so... I believe that we are saved to serve and I believe that we are called to serve. Now in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 and verse 12, the apostle Paul says that he himself, speaking of Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. That's referencing what are referred to as the fivefold ministry gifts. Now I typically operate in pastor teacher. Okay. And that's, Local church, that's what you should have. Pastor, teacher. And here's the purpose of all five of those, okay? Uh, in any combination that they work, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay, so the fivefold ministry gifts work, and in our case, in this setting right now, pastor, teacher, part of my role is to equip you. Say, that's me. Uh, And you just volunteered to be a saint. Did you know you're a saint? You you need to know that you're a saint. Okay. I I know there can be some confusion depending on your background. But um, I don't have time for that tonight. But (laughs) equipping the saints for what? For the work of ministry. And for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen to it in the New Living Translation. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Listen to this. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so it's not just the ministers are supposed to do all the ministry. Part of the role of the minister is to equip the saints to train them. To call them out and to equip them to do the work of the ministry. Okay? Now, part of that responsibility also has to do with this, and and I'm addressing all volunteers, current and future. Uh, And and you could be called this, the few who do the much so the many can be blessed. The few who do the much so the many can be blessed. It's kind of like a football game. On any given Sunday there's 80,000, 90,000 people in desperate need of exercise. Watching 22 guys in desperate need of rest. And it shouldn't be that way in the church. I said it shouldn't be that way in the church. And so typically it's the few who do the much so the many can be blessed. And we want to increase that certainly because the whole goal is not just for you to be blessed, but for you to... You're blessed so you can be a blessing. A blessing. It all works together there. So there have to be in, in, uh, in serving, in ministry, there have to be some standards. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the why of that. There must be some standards. First of all, please know this, the standard is not perfection. How many of you know that you don't have to be perfect before you serve God? Amen. Okay. If the standard was perfection, we're all disqualified. Starting with me. And we might as well turn this place into super Walmart. (laughs) Our builder told us we're the size of a super Walmart. Uh, But I think it has a higher purpose. Amen. But the standards are not perfection. But we do have biblical standards. And the biblical standards in serving God uh, affect our beliefs I think you need to have some certain beliefs, lifestyle, and conduct or behavior. How many of you know that that would be important? Yes. Okay. And, I, and I'll outline why as, as we go along here. Um, we have to have some standards because we're representing Meadowbrook Church. That's, that's one reason. But ultimately, we're representing the Lord Jesus. Yes. And I think that, you know, that would require, you know, some standards. Uh, I'm a chaplain with the sheriff's office and sometimes I'll get a call out in the middle of the night. And when I get a call out, and I have done this before too, you know, in the middle of the night, one of my kids needed cough medicine, you know, or something like that. So you got to go to the pharmacy in the middle of the night. And, you know, I'll kind of do a little something with my hair. You can't do a lot with my hair, but uh, (laughs) let's keep moving. Um, Uh, But anyway, um, and then just, you know, make sure you're presentable and then, you know, go to the store and get what you need to and come back. But if I go out, I get called out and, you know, some it's never good. Let me just say that it's it's never good. Some people say, why do you why do you do that? Uh, A couple of reasons. It's a way that I can serve in our community. And another thing it is, it keeps me very real. It keeps me very real because when you see what you see out there and especially, Yana, you know, you get called out. But when I call out and they, you know, they give me, um, there's a, we have a chaplain's shirt and some things like that. I'm, I'm now representing not just me. I'm representing sheriff's office and, and going out. And so when you go out, I'm, I'm representing something different. Uh, people will run into me in the store and go, and I'm in jeans and a Batman t-shirt or something. You go, oh, where's your tie? You know, at that moment, I'm just me representing Batman. Okay. And, you know, and I know there's pastors all over the land that have different, you know, views on how they present themselves. And just forgive me or whatever, but I'm representing God and I'm representing his word. And I just feel like I need to be pretty sharp. And that's not to amaze anybody or anything like that. It's just so that I'm representing Jesus. And I and, and so I have some internal standards about that. I even have, I know some pastors that preach on occasion shorts and flip flops. I can't do that I, I just can't do that because of what I'm doing. So you always have to kind of put a standard with what you're doing and when you know and get this when you know who you're serving, that affects how you serve. y'all get that when you know who you're serving, that affects how you serve. so there are standards. Um, And ultimately, how do we serve God? Serve people. You serve people. He said that if you love me, you'll serve me. And he said, don't even say that you love me and you don't love others. So there's a connection here in all of this. And so one of the ways ultimately that we serve God is, is in serving other people. Jesus said this: "Inasmuch as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto, we've done it unto Him." D.L. Moody said this: "Out of 100 men, one will read the Bible; the other 99 will read the Christian." Do y'all hear that? Out of 100 men, one will read the Bible; the other 99 will read the Christian. So that brings to mind 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. And I'm going to read this in the message. Your lives, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit. Not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives and we publish it. So you are a living epistle. You are a letter. People are going to read you. And Christians, listen to me. You need to be aware of that, whether you're serving... Or you're going to the the, the drugstore in the middle of the night. Amen. People read you. And I'm not just talking about appearance. Uh, I'm talking about you. You. People read you. And if you're sad sack, mully grubbing, complaining self all day, they're going to read you. You know, I believe that there should be peace in my home. I think there should be joy and happiness in my home. And I'm not, and I don't want to fake a, a, a fake happiness or peace or joy in my home, but I'll, I'll find out what's wrong if somebody's not. One of my children this afternoon, just their tone of voice, just kind of their demeanor, how they're carrying themselves. When they walked in the door, I said, how was your day? It was okay. Well, what they said and what they said didn't match up what I read. And so I just, I just kind of followed up with them a little bit. Say, so, hey, hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, you know. And So anyway, kind of work through that. And, and you don't just let it sit on you. Because of all people, of all people, we are blessed. We're the object of God's grace. We're the recipient of God's peace. We have every reason to rejoice. Yes. Amen. Well, let me keep, keep going here. There must be some standards because, and I'm talking here, you know, volunteering, helping, serving in the church. There must be some standards because ultimately we're serving God's word. We're serving God's word. And I want you to think of that as food for just a moment. It's, it's likened to bread and milk and meat. In a restaurant, think about this. In a restaurant, you've seen the signs before in the restrooms. All employees must wash their hands before returning to work. Okay? Okay. And then in some restaurants, there's even in the restrooms there's a little procedure poster, <laughs> and that they must use water that's 110 degrees or something like that, and lather for 20 seconds, and rinse for 30 seconds. Read it, and some of the, and, it, and it's right there. And then dry thoroughly, and then they can go back to work. You know, so that what is that? That's a standard. Yes. And then the cook, you know the. The chefs, the cooks, they got to wear a hairnet and gloves and stuff. And the manager, well, he has to have a a tie and a full set of teeth. You know, I mean, there's there's just like some standards. Y'all hear me? Well, in the church, in the church, we're kind of like the waiters and chefs and, and the utensils even. And so I think there should be some standards. Aren't you glad when you go into a restaurant there are some standards? Yes. For real, aren't you, aren't you glad there's some standards? Uh, a couple of years ago, my brother had surgery. Uh, he lives up in Thomasville, Georgia. And my stepfather and I, we went up for his surgery and um, real early we went to a... Well, I, won't, I don't want to name the restaurant, but they're open all the time. They serve breakfast and stuff. But... Um, <laughs> And so we went because of the early surgery and their signs yellow. And, um, and and we went and so we ordered some kind of breakfast thing and the waitress, and I'm not kidding you, she went over, she didn't have any gloves or anything. She went over and opened up the big refrigerator and both of us had bacon with our meal and she peeled off the bacon just with her hands and then she just kind of carried it. I'm thinking, I hey not sure I want the bacon now, you know, you know, even just with food handling and things like that, there should be some standards. And now we're talking about God's word. So I think that there needs to be some standards. Are you, are you still with me? And then there's levels of standards. The scripture even says that there's stricter standards and greater judgments for teachers and ministers. Matter of fact, it says, don't even desire to be one. Don't even desire to be one. And that's why I have the fear of God in my life that I cannot mess this up. And I think that's a healthy fear, you know, to live in. There's a stricter standards. There's a greater judgment. Um, I've shared this story with you before I went into a a nutrition-type store a number of years ago looking for some vitamin health supplement kind of things. And, uh, you know, you open the door and boom you know, that you're in and there's nobody else in the store. And then uh, I thought, you know, where's the clerk even? And all of a sudden I hear this horrible cough. And this, <clears throat> welcome. Huh. Jabba? Uh. And this, this person was not well. And I thought, that's not good. A number of years ago, I had a, a membership at a at a gym. I do something different now, exercise regularly. But um, there's a gym and a whole lot of people. And, and really, a gym with a whole lot of people sometimes didn't work well for me. Because you're in the middle of trying to do something. And, Pastor, I know you're busy, but could I ask you a question? You know, that kind of thing. But anyway... Um, they had a salesperson that they'd hired to give tours of the gym and tell people about the gym and sell them on a membership. And I'm going to be as nice as I can, but the person could hardly breathe, was not agile, and was certainly not the picture of health and fitness. I mean, you know, there should be some kind of proof, some kind of evidence that this works, this will make a difference in your life, okay? Now, I shared a lot of stories there because I wanted to draw you into this. Then if a person shows up at the church of the living God that preaches the living word, there should be some kind of proof, some kind of evidence that this works, that this makes a difference in a person's life, and that it's not fake. You know, if a person has on, you know, thinking of some movie from years ago and this guy put on this fake nose and it ended up melting, you remember? I I don't know, I'm trying to think what it was. But if you've got something... Fake on your face is because you're hiding something. And so I'm not talking about fake at all, but I'm talking about real deal, genuine article. There they are, bona fide prototype, bona fide proof that this works. So there does need to be some standards in all this. Are you all with me? And and we don't want creepy Christians. How many of you know some people are oversaved? Wouldn't that be a good way to put it? You know, they need to dial it down too. You know, we. let's keep going. There must be standards. Our standards have to be biblical standards, not the standards of the world. Malachi 3.18 in the New Living says, Then you will see again the difference. Everybody say the difference. The difference between the righteous and the wicked. Remember, the wicked is not just, that's not evil. It means that they're twisted. They're off base. They started out okay. It's like a wick. It's like wicker furniture. This got twisted, so they end up wrong. You'll see the difference between the righteous and the wicked between those who what? Who who, what? Those who serve God and those who do not. There's a difference between the standards of the world and the standards of the church. There has to be. So again that difference will be reflected in our beliefs, our lifestyle, and our conduct. And it's not perfection. And I'd like to say this. It's not about perfection anyway. It's about direction. So what I would say to all of us, it's not about perfection. Everybody say, thank God. It's not about perfection. It's about this. Come and serve and come grow with us. Come and serve and come grow with us. And you cannot, and this is important, you cannot... You cannot view standards as restrictions and rules. Because standards are not restrictions and rules. Standards show the value. Standards show the commitment. Toward what? Toward God. Toward His Word. Toward His Church. Toward His people. Toward people who are thinking about coming into the family of God. So if we we view standards as rules... And regulations and restrictions, that's the wrong mindset. We need to view them as a standard because of the value, because of the commitment of God, his church, his word, and his people. Are you all with me? All right. I'm going to venture into some land here and I want to read this to you. I'm working actually on a position paper on this, but I want to talk just about a couple of standards. And this one does need uh, talked about just for a moment. I want to talk to you about alcohol, alcohol. How many of you have heard of that? Okay. Uh, And I'm going to read this for the sake of time and clarity. And uh, so, because I've got a little bit further to go. First of all, let me just, let's talk about standards. Let's talk about ministry and all of that. Follow. Don't anybody roll your window up. Keep your window down. Listen to me the whole time. I strongly discourage the use of alcohol. However, While the drinking of wine is not forbidden in Scripture, and some of you are like, yay! No, listen to me. (laughs) While the drinking of wine is not forbidden in Scripture, getting drunk or being drunk is expressly forbidden by Scripture. While a Christian could perhaps drink wine, there are several considerations that must accompany their choice to do so. First of all, you are not to get drunk. Second of all, you're not to use your liberty to cause others to stumble. You should be discreet and responsible if you use your liberty in public. You should never promote drinking to others. I strongly discourage the drinking of alcohol. Did I mention that? And strong drink is totally forbidden. And well, Scripture says if you're in pain, there's pain medications, okay? Okay. Considering that this is a liberty, one should not use this liberty just because they have it. In fact, caution should be heeded that one does not use their liberty to flirt. Listen to this. Use their liberty to flirt so close to the edge of something that can be binding and destructive. Did you hear that? Don't use your liberty to flirt so close to the edge of something that can be binding and destructive. In 1 Corinthians 6, 12, it says, Paul says, all things are lawful for me. But not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. In the New Living, it says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. 1 Corinthians ten twenty three: all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Having experienced, and and let me give you a little bit here, having experienced problems stemming from alcohol in my own upbringing and having observed and ministered to many families dealing with alcohol-related problems, I see no benefit from drinking alcohol. Having served as a chaplain of law enforcement, I mentioned that for almost 14 years, I've witnessed too many tragic and painful scenes and situations to see any benefit from drinking alcohol. Wrecks. Emergency rooms, jails, homes, huddled children in the corner because dad's going to jail and mom's going to the hospital and there's bottles on the table. In over 30 years of ministry, we have never had anyone ever say to us, life and family sure is better now that we've started drinking. All things considered, you're allowed to drink wine. As your pastor, I strongly discourage it, and I've shared some reasons why. If it perhaps, and let me just put it in context here, if perhaps there's a gathering of church members, volunteers, whatever, or even a small group leader, for example, that small group leader believes that they have the liberty to drink wine and their heart does not condemn them, that's a huge thing, Then this is what they should do. They should never drink to get drunk. They should be discreet and responsible. They should never promote drinking. And they should never make it part of their small group. I don't know if I said this yet, but I strongly discourage the use of alcohol. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures real quick Leviticus 10, verse 8 through 10. Then the Lord said to Aaron, What was Aaron? Do you remember his role? He was a priest. You and your descendants must never drink wine or any other alcoholic drink before going into the tabernacle. If you do, you will die. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. You must distinguish between what is sacred and what is common, between what is ceremonially clean and what is unclean and what is clean. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 23, Verse thirty-one through thirty-three: Do not look at the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. Romans fourteen twenty-one, the Amplified: The right, the right thing is to eat no meat and drink no wine at all, or do anything else if it makes your brother stumble, or hurts his conscience, or offends or weakens him. In Ephesians five eighteen: Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. We were in a restaurant the other night in Orlando, and they came and brought us the big wine list. And we said, no, no, we're... And they said, well, it's happy hour. I said, we came happy. So, and... Um, but anyway, they left on the edge of the table and my, my son looked and goes, dad, there's something here. An ounce was like $300. Anyway, I de- that was just amazing. To me. So. Uh, alcohol. And some of you are saying, oh, shoo, good. Cause I'm, I'm all good on it. Okay. I got to move on to another one. Sexual sin. Yeah. It got quiet. Um, and there's a complete list and please never do this. And, the, and one of the issues of our day too. one of the issues of our day dealing with, um, same sex attraction, homosexuality, do not isolate that. Okay. Cause you're going to get a wrong read on some things. You're going to treat people in a wrong way. If you isolate that out seven times that's listed in scripture, it's always listed in a list. Okay. Also, people would isolate out adultery. And then people say, good, I'm neither one of those things. What about lust? What about fornication? What about pornography? What about, ooh, I'm going to go there, living together? You know, what what about those things? What does Scripture say about those things? Well, we've got to have some standards in our beliefs, in our lifestyle, in our conduct. Well, these rules and restrictions are too... No, 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 no. It's not about that. Because when you miss this... this what, what is the definition of sin? To miss the, the mark. What is the mark? It's the standard. Okay? So it's really not even saying sinner, sinner, sinner. It's, it's because of this. What does sin do? Sin kills. The wages of sin is what? Yeah. It's death. God's not trying to ruin your fun. He's trying to keep you alive. Amen. What does sin do? Sin damages. Sin ruins. Sin depresses. Sin binds. What's the purpose of the commandments? To give you a bunch of rules. No, the purpose of the commandments is to show you what gives you life Amen. and to show you what takes life away. That's right. So that's why these things would get mentioned. And that's why scripture would say, don't do these things. You're, well, this is fun or this is it or I feel, I feel led. You don't feel led. <laughs> You're being led by your flesh maybe. But this that too is an area that you've got to bring those things in cont- control. And the list goes on, but I don't want to make it about the list. I want to make it that we have a standard in our heart. I can talk about profanity. How many of you know that we we don't need, you know, a, a a parker or a greeter? Sure, the blankety blank, good to see you here. Park your car right over there. There. Y'all hear? Or dishonest gain. What do you do during the week? You know, dishonest gain. I mean, lying, whatever. You know, there's standards for life. That's my point. And the standards are not restrictions and rules. The standards show a value and a commitment to something that's holy. When you know who you're serving, it affects how you serve. Everything else in the world has some standards. And I think when we serve an almighty God in the church that he gave his son for. And people that he shed his blood for. I think that there needs to be some standard in this. Are y'all here? So if we're going to serve him, and we all should. Let me back up on that. We all should. We all should serve him. And well, I've got to wait and get some things fixed up. Now listen to me. Come and serve. Come and grow. Because the, the standard is not Perfection. Again, it's not about perfection. It's about direction. And there has to be some standards in our beliefs, in our lifestyle, in our conduct. And and let's get those things lined up. Let's represent Jesus. And if we're going to represent Jesus, we're going to walk in grace, but we're also going to walk in truth. We're going to walk in the light. And I want to call every one of you, serve. Volunteer. And if you have questions, if you need help, if you're in trouble, if you're addicted, don't hide. Please hear me. Y'all are so used to in your life hearing rules, rules and punishment and consequences. Hear me. This is a house of grace and truth. This is not a house of condemnation. You know what? You already have an internal standard in your heart. Some of y'all do things anyway That you know are wrong and your own heart condemns you. But you're you're ignoring that standard. Don't do that because you harden your heart. And you hurt yourself. But it's not about perfection. But it's about us making some progress. It's about bringing our life up to a standard. Because of who we're serving. So serve. I call all of you to serve. I call all of you to volunteer. That's part of your purpose. But hear me. If you've got questions. If you're in trouble. If you're addicted, you've got some situations going on in your life. You're confused about something. Get a hold of us. We'll talk. We want to help you. You come to know the truth, the truth will what? will set you free. It's not about bashing people down and say, all the bad people get over here. We've been talking about that lately. All the good people want to know why Jesus was hanging out with the not so good people. Remember that? You know, and and I'm telling you what, it's coming to Jesus and serving to Jesus, there's going to be a joy and a strength, and you're living by a standard that maybe you wouldn't have if you weren't serving, and it may actually help you to get free from some of those things. Let me touch on one other thing, and then I'm just going to wrap this up. Um, and don't even be surprised by that. There, there's there's people in our church that have a record even, and don't hide. Don't hide. You know, if you got a record and say I'm I'm right with God now and I want to serve, talk to us. We'll find the right place for you. You know, if you were a bank robber, you're not going to be an usher. (laughs) Or if you were a car thief, you're not going to be a Parker. Okay. (laughs) But within reason, within reason, there's places that we can. Did y'all hear that? Within reason. We've actually had people offended before. Why do you need to know if I had a record? It's because they're so used to that whole punishment system. And you know what? I wonder what our story is tonight. If you wrote down our whole story tonight, none of us are qualified. None of us are. And we sing that incredible song. His love has done this wonderful thing that he's lifted us and set us free. And the standard's not perfection, but you know what? There needs to be a standard. And there needs to be progress in all of our lives. And if we can help you with that, that's part of what this whole thing is about anyway. Amen? So come serve with us and come grow with us. And the few who do the much so the many can be blessed, that's a pretty incredible crew. And it's because they know who they're serving. And uh, there's great reward in that. Amen? I just believe this. And don't hear I am not watering anything down. There's standards and we'll hold the standards. But I don't want you to ever think that you have to be perfect before you could ever serve God. Because then none of us would ever get to serve Him. And venture in. And then in the, in the new year when we start growth track and some of those things, um, we'll be talking a little bit more about those things. We're going to be helping you to find your areas to be able to serve but you need to know there are standards and why there are standards and never, ever rule this uh, view. The standards as just rules and restrictions, you know, and, and I don't want to go back and preach the whole message again. But did y'all get anything out of this tonight. All right.